This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Welcome to a very, very exciting show with myself, Lauren Jacobs. It's Kate Pulpit and it's Voice of Change time. I hope that you've been having a fantastic, fabulous, wonderful June that is kicked off, you know, halfway through the year. I cannot believe it. And we probably are saying that to each other a lot, but it does really, really feel like this year is flying by. So, you know what? It's amazing. We're in June. Yes, we can feel the weather is starting to change. But you know what? It is winter and that is time to look into ourselves, to do some self-reflection as we hibernate and, and stay warm and probably sit in front of those fireplaces if we're blessed. Then we can take some time to really just really spend thinking about, you know, going inward and doing a lot of reflection. Like I said last week when we kicked off June, that it's all about children this month. And you know what? Our children need us to pay attention in the many, many different ways in which we can show up for them and that's what we're doing today on voice of change i'm going to be showing up in some different ways about for our children and we're going to be talking about body autonomy and consent what is that well you got to stay tuned to find out because my guest yamna sadan is a creative director and a children's book author and illustrator and she's been working in the advertising and marketing industry for over 17 years creating beautiful impactful work with a purpose she has a background in graphic design and a huge passion for illustration now in 2020 during the hard hard lockdown her husband and herself completed their first children's book and that's how her own journey as an author and illustrator began telling stories that make children smile that give them hope but also foster emotional literacy and this brings yamna great joy we're going to be talking about her book called ask me first you know and and i love this conversation because we're going to be going into you know why we need to ask children first before we just you know demand something especially when it's physical and also later on the show i'm going to be touching on something very very important that takes place after we celebrate pentecost now we celebrated pentecost you know the last weekend that has passed now as we come to the next weekend there's something very very important and it's not something that we talk about or hear about often but it's called persecution sunday Persecution Sunday is all about what we need to be doing for our persecuted brothers and sisters in the faith. Joining me to talk about Persecution Sunday, how we need to reflect on this day, how we can, you know, do it practically and what we should consider is Vicky from Open Doors South Africa. So she's going to be up with me later on on the show to talk about this very, very important topic. So it's going to be a full house and a wonderful ride today. So I'm looking forward to have you join me for the next hour. Enjoy some music and yamnas with me after this. Yamna, it's so, so good to have you with me today. Thank you so much for sharing your time and also for what we're going to be chatting about. But first, before we get into this important topic, talking about your book, talking about body consent, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. Well, now you have, you've written and illustrated a very, very important book called Ask Me First. Tell me a bit about this. Tell our listeners, what is it about? How did it also come about? 
Um, so it was last year um, sometime I was actually pregnant um, and I was having a conversation with a colleague um, and the topic about consent and body autonomy with regards to children popped up and she actually made mention of the fact that there aren't many um, resources or books for children um, that really gets into it. Um, and I thought about it for a moment and I felt quite passionate about the topic and immediately I jumped onto um, writing a little story. Hmm. And that's kind of where Ask Me First was born. Um, and subsequently I turned from an ebook because I wanted it to really spread far and wide, hmm. uh, but there was such great demand for it to be a printable hard copy that children can page through that um, I recently um, published a, a bunch of them um, in printed format because it is such an important topic for children. And Ask Me First touches on consent and body autonomy before you know you are getting to the topic of sexuality when, mm. um, for children. It really just helps children and parents to navigate the conversation around what boundaries means, um, being asked first, um, you know, children understanding that their body is their own. Mm. This is such a very important topic and and what you're saying is true. I remember two years ago on the show wanting to cover, you know, body consent and really struggling to find someone who could talk about this topic from a perspective of where, you know, they had maybe done some work in it or maybe had written a book about it. Mm -hmm. So it's it's very, very important. This is super, super important. Now, when we talk about body consent, Maybe someone listening is going, okay, what exactly is that? Is that just asking your child permission? Mm -hmm. Is it teaching them about, you know, safe people? So what really is body consent if we break it open? So, I mean, like the title of the book says, it's Ask Me First. Um, the fact is that we often come from backgrounds where if you are a child, you are told to respect your elders. And um, sometimes that leaves children feeling as if they don't have a voice or that they are being disrespectful if they feel uncomfortable and therefore they don't voice their opinion. Consent is, as the, the book actually says, um, it's, it's when you start with a question and then the other person stops to listen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's about being able to say yes or no and whether you feel comfortable with something or not um, in its most simple form and in terms of understanding what consent is. It's about giving permission to someone else around your body and what you feel comfortable with within your space. And the book tries to break that down in the simplest way for children to understand it and also for parents or caregivers to help explain that idea. Mm. I love that. And, and, and you might connect with, you know, my childhood experience, probably similar to maybe what you experienced, you know, when mm. people come in, you know, as, as adults, and then they always want to give you a kiss, you know, or they want to. Exactly. <laughs> yes, that. Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Just, you know, that exactly like you said it. Yes. And, and that can make you feel quite uncomfortable as a child and you might not be comfortable doing that. But yet I know when I was growing up, when we were younger, you couldn't say no, you know, it was seen as disrespectful. Yes. Exactly. And it's about that feeling of, you know, that you, you don't have the right to say so because you are little. And that's mm. exactly what this book is about. Um, because there are those moments when the people are familiar and they want to come in for a hug or for a kiss and, you know, the child may not 
feel comfortable in that moment or maybe on that particular day. Mm. Um, but because they don't feel that they have, um, you know, the voice or that they're being disrespectful, they might shy away from actually speaking the truth or speaking about their discomfort. And that is what this book is all about. It's to allow children and parents to help explain that absolutely, even though you are little and if you are a child, you are able to say no, not today, or maybe just a fist bump instead of a hug or, or mm. a kiss, um, because it's about, about your level of comfortability. Hmm. I love this. Amen. You know, I want to say to the listeners, sometimes you might feel uncomfortable with what we're saying because maybe you are of a, a time frame or generation or an understanding where it was like, you know, children, no, children have to kiss their grannies hmm. or they have to kiss those older people, but not so. And we need to say that it's not okay. And I resonate with that because as a child, I hated when people came into my space as an adult, I'm like that as well. You know, I don't just exactly. want exactly, you know, people to, yeah. A stranger that comes in or a friend of a friend that's going to hug you or, you know, what mm. we need that freedom as a child. Not so we need as a little person, even as into our young teen years, when we know that we are going through life changes, we need to be able to say, I'm not comfortable. Um, let's, you, you might not be able to voice it like we can now, right? As an adult saying, mm. look, I'm not comfortable. Please don't do that. But we need to then as, as, little people be able to be built up and nurtured by our parents and caregivers to say you have that freedom and and that's really what you're sharing with us yes it's about instilling the confidence in them to be able to speak to speak up and i think it's these types of conversations that start at a very young age because the earlier the better which ultimately will present itself in future you know occurrences as an adult and it actually might prevent a lot of unfortunate things happening to children um, as they grow, because they then understand that they have the ability to speak up when they are feeling uncomfortable. Um, if you start off at a young age teaching children about consent and body autonomy, body autonomy being that in, a, in its simplest form, the fact that your body belongs to you and only you, hmm. and therefore you govern your own body. So it's it's allowed so if you feel uncomfortable or not you have the right to say so and that is that is why it's so important to teach it from a young age so that one day when you know as an adult you do feel that discomfort you can absolutely speak speak up because unfortunately um if when when children aren't taught these things um and it it becomes it becomes one of those notions that you know like you mentioned uh almost it feels as if it's taboo or mm. it is, um, you know, you're being overly touchy um, when it comes to, uh, you know, a hug or a kiss. Mm. But that could lead to some murky water, especially mm. as, you know, the, uh, as a child becomes an adolescent and then an adult. Uh, so it's about instilling this idea that, you know, they have their own identity and that they are allowed to feel safe within their own space and within their own bodies and that they, they are the only ones who have a right over their bodies. Mm. Sure. So important what you're touching on here as well. You know, this is 
also instilling, and you use that word confidence as well in children, as well as it's instilling in us when we are young, that sense that we have body boundaries and that we can speak up as well then when something is against our bodies. And that's something we need to take into adulthood because oftentimes when we are silenced as children and we don't, we don't know what those boundaries are or people have crossed those boundaries, but we were never able to speak up. We were never able to say, no, there wasn't a safe environment. We didn't feel like we could then we, we are silenced even as when we are adults and we don't speak our truth to say this is maybe what happened to me or this is what I experienced or or, or maybe I don't have boundaries in adulthood because I, I wasn't taught that when I was younger. So this is really life skills as well that, that you're sharing with us. Very much so. Um, you know, in our country, uh, we, these, we suffer from a scourge of gender-based violence um, against women and children mm. uh, in particular. And um, I think something that might seem almost as simple as a, a book for children about consent and body autonomy actually is the foundation of prevention. Mm. Um, because the more you can teach these lessons around what it means to understand when you are feeling comfortable or not, and to be able to speak up um, could be something that could actually prevent a lot of um, um, sexual abuse mm. um, or, potentially, or potentially so. So because they would understand, you know, they would be able to also speak about, up about uh, or against these types of things happening in their lives instead of being silenced. Because when you are told that you just need to stay quiet and, you know, be respectful um, instead, instead of speaking up against, you know, your own discomfort, it unfortunately does uh, trickle into, you know, your adulthood um, mm. because it wasn't the foundation that you were taught, you, you know, instead this idea of being silent um, as part of being respectful or, or the shame attached to, um, you know, that type of discomfort is something that often people carry with them. Mm. Um, and that is what, why it's so important to start these conversations as, as early as possible. Mm. Silence is part of being respectful. Isn't that what we are often taught when we are young? I know maybe it was, uh, you know, the generation. The certain generation. <laughs> yes. You know, that silence, but it's not. We learn and we see even today, you know, we've had wonderful movements that have been formed and created that have broken that silence, like the Me Too mm. movement, for example, and others as well that are saying to us, you know, silence is not respect. Silence is enabling sometimes mm. things that are wrong. And we're saying that for children as well. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I feel that oftentimes parents get a little bit, or adults sometimes feel awkward to talk about, you know, the body, you know, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm going <laughs> to have to talk to my yeah. children about the body and, oh, okay, body comes in. Oh. So what advice would you give to an adult that's saying, okay, I, I want to start the conversation with uh, my children. I might be a little bit shy or awkward. How would I go about doing that? This is obviously why you also created this book. Yeah, well, the, the book that I wrote is actually something I would consider extremely lighthearted and palatable with regards to this topic. It doesn't dive into the darker, more intense topic around, um, you know, sexuality with children. It's mm. very much just about, about explaining the topic of consent and what it means. It means ask me first. Yeah. So the way that it's written is um, in a in a read aloud, rhyme along type of way. Um, and it's just this character who takes you on a journey of explaining that everyone is different and they like different things. And some people like hugging, but others don't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I might 
um, enjoy a hug because I like hugging my puppy, but I'm, you know, it doesn't mean that I like hugging everyone. Maybe mm. I just would prefer a fist bump or a wave on, on, you know, on a certain day. So it's this book is one of one way that you could ab- absolutely broach the topic in a way that doesn't feel very intense and 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 it will just maybe help the children in terms of giving them the language to express themselves. Um, it's also a conversation starter. Uh, it might always because this type of topic might feel uncomfortable, but then I suppose it's also really a great. Um, lesson and um, way for parents and caregivers to actually address those same that that mm. discomfort with themselves mm. because you know ultimately um, children pick up from their parents or caregivers um, about all of these types of things and that type of discomfort so it would be a great way of really addressing these topics um, but from a more light-hearted perspective but still landing the message and I think it's about giving children and parents the language and um, the tools that they can that can help them uh, simplify what might seem or feel like quite a complex um, topic. Mm. And that's important as well. What you said that you know you're bringing it across in a way that's lighthearted, but that's also is is a language can be language for adults as well and for children and as parents we want to instill confidence in our children we want them to be confident people uh, to grow up to be confident people and to be confident even in their young years and to have that sense that uh, they are boundaries you know they are real boundaries and and people you know are not going to be able to just say oh go and kiss so and so and go and kiss so and so and I've seen that even today that still happens you know forcing little children to go and do this with this yeah. one and, and they might not be comfortable. And I think we really need to take that message on board, you know, Absolutely. because it's like, I don't know if you've experienced it where you're sitting somewhere and they go, Oh, <laughs> say to the little, little girl, you know, go kiss this uncle and go. And it's, it's just <laughs> something we need to be aware of. I think it's just a culture, you know, and sometimes that we're Very a part much of. So. And, and so, like I mentioned before, it's, it's, a, it's, it's some people just feel it's a way of showing respect. Mm. Um, and, um, and I think that that is an, an almost outdated notion because there are other ways that you can show um, even affection that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to encroach on somebody else's personal space, whether that be an adult or a child. Mm. Um, so, so I think that is the reason why these conversations need to be had because mm. if it's not spoken of, then you, of course you will never know any better. Um, you might just assume and everyone goes with the assumption that, you know, that the child is perfectly okay with a hug or a kiss, but mm. there's, you know, have, have you considered asking first? And that's where a book like this comes in. Hmm. You know, I think my husband will actually love this book because Yamna, he doesn't <laughs> like to hug and, and uh, people love hugging him and he just stands yeah. and he's like, I can't deal with this <laughs> because everybody is different, right? Personalities are different. Absolutely. And when you're a child as well, your personality is different. You know, even as adults, you know, and I remember saying to one lady that was in my Bible study group, oh, you know what, um, she was hugging everybody. And I said, oh, I don't really like people hugging me that I don't know. And she said, I thrive on hugs. I need to hug people. And I understood mm. there that our personalities are different and we understand mm. love differently. And then we can respect one another and we can teach that to our children through this as well. You know, okay, maybe that person loves hugging. That's great. You know, but 
that's not how I am. It's not my innate personality or language, you know. I think this is so beautiful. And I want to say thank you so much. I wish something like this was around when I was little. But you know what? I'm so grateful for this book. But also, if anyone wants to, you know, find out more about the book and also this incredible, incredible journey that you and your husband are on called Super 3 Books, which is where we can get your book from. And there's many others on there. Tell us a bit about how to go about doing that. And what else can we have on the Super 3 Bookstore? So if you visit our website, super3books.co.za, you will see that we've created quite a few books and all of it is really based on emotional literacy. So Ask Me First is my uh, solo venture. Um, Mm -hmm. I wrote it in this one. Um, But my husband and I, um, Garth Newman, he's a clinical psychologist and Mm -hmm. by our powers combined, we've written a few others. Um, The first book we wrote was called um, Luna and the Astronaut of the Mind. And that is about a little girl who goes on a journey into her internal universe and visits one planet um, that is representative of, of different planets of, that represent her different emotions. So um, it help, and the astronaut is her um, intergalactic guide helping her navigate all of her feelings. And wow. then we have a second book, um, um, the next installation of Luna, and it's called Luna and the Curious Cricket. And um, that is Luna's journey into a magical forest um, with her psychic, a, a colorful cricket who, who helps her discover what self-love truly means. Hmm. And um, there's also a couple of freebies that you can download. Um, the Super 3 books actually started as a result of the pandemic. Uh, Goth hmm. and I wrote a few free ebooks which we just you know let out into into the world and they did so well that we actually got excited to complete the book that we'd started a few years before which was Luna and the Astronaut of the Mind. So these books there are four free ebooks on um, COVID and you know to help children process all of those feelings and what what you know as a result of COVID and then there's another book called Jack the Shy Cat and um, that's also a freebie. Um, it's about a, a very anxious cat who is going to school for the first time. Oh. <laughs> wow. And yeah, so you can go and have a look and see what's available. So it's the Luna Books are, and Ask Me First, um, our main offerings. And then you will see some other free, free books that you can download. This is stunning. Thank you so, so much. I was crawling around on the site the past few days. And obviously, as a cat person, just love the anxious cat. (laughs) But of course, uh, you know, there's so much on there. And thank you so much, Yamna, for being with me today and for teaching us about this topic, not only touching on the book, but teaching us why this is so important. And I am very hopeful that, you know, the listeners have been tuning in and going, yes, actually, this is something that I'm considering now. So thank you so much for bringing this topic to life for us and for making it palatable that we can talk about to our children and yeah exciting that for the rest of the books that you'll be bringing out over the next couple of years <laughs> super super important so thank you thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure having this conversation um it always brings me great joy to be able to have these conversations and put the word out there around this really important topic um mm-hmm. i do believe that ask me first is one of those books that i sincerely hope that you know, children um, all all over can get their hands on because it is actually one of those things that could really um, change a life. If mm. you know, from a 
from a from a it might seem quite simple but it's actually so important I like yeah. to call it a little book about a very big topic mm. so yes thank you for having me it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Vicky, it's so good to have you with me today. Thank you so much for taking time out. I know that it's a busy day for you as well. So popped out to chat with me about Persecution Sunday. Before we get into that, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. My first time with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. Hopefully yeah. not the last. Uh, you know what? It's yes. so important that we talk about Persecution Sunday. It's not something that we hear often about. So tell us a bit about it. You know, Open Door South Africa really launching this special campaign. Tell us a bit about it. Yes, so Persecution Sunday has always been commemorated because it's something that we don't celebrate, but we commemorate mm. uh, because of the severity of persecution. And it comes on the backdrop of a Methodist reverend that was kidnapped um, the end of May in Nigeria mm -hmm. and has now uh, been found again. And it shows that the persecution of Christians, it's not... Um, remote from us as Africans anymore. Mm. It's happening right on our doorstep. So therefore, it was important for us to this year, as Open Door Southern Africa, to highlight uh, Persecution Sunday and to say what is it all about and to just conscientize Christians that although you in South Africa, you are able to have three or four Bibles in your house mm. uh, because we speak so many languages, but there are Christians who are not allowed to have one single Bible. Mm -hmm. in their places. There are Christians in, in, in North Korea that when they find a, a, a one page, they keep it, they have to hide it. Some have to even ingest it yeah. because if they caught with it, they could be taken to jail. So we are blessed to live in a country where it is free of the persecution mm -hmm. of Christians. It's free of the persecution of any person who belongs to any religion in terms it, it's it's um, we are living in a country where we are free in terms of our religion. Hmm. So the 12th um, is a very important day. Uh, we have um, invited many of our partners, which are South African churches, especially the main old fashioned churches and hmm. the new independent churches are going to be commemorating this day with us. A lot of them have a, a, a pledge that they will play a video. We've put together a beautiful video that they can put um, on um, during their morning services, or they can get a speaker from um, Open Doors. Uh, we have quite a lot of uh, voluntary um, speakers that are trained, that can come out to your church and speak about persecution or about Persecution Sunday. Mm -hmm. I love this because this is ways that we can actually practically get involved. We need to consider how we can do this because we also know that even in our world today, like you're reminding us, Vicky, we here, yeah, we are free. You know, we have religious freedom. You can worship in any way you kind of want here in South Africa. You know, we, we have that safety, that protection, but yet this is not the reality. More than 360 million Christians around the world experience high levels of persecution. That's not just ordinary persecution. That's really high levels of persecution and discrimination. We know that this has increased in the last year by 20 million people. And this number tells us that one in seven Christians worldwide are experiencing persecution. 
you know, we can't forget that we are part of a global universal body of believers and that we need to be considering and praying and getting involved in how to do this. And, you know, it's so important that we are commemorating this and being reminded. I kind of think of that scripture, you know, that Paul says, remember my chains, you know, remember me yes. in, in jail. And, and isn't that the reminder that we should have on our hearts as well? And, and not just one day of the year, but often in our prayer times, in our giving, in the way we want to commemorate and think of these times. Yes, and also uh, the fact that persecution is is not just happening one day here and one day there. Mm. There are people in certain countries that I might not uh, mention now that are persecuted every day, not mm. because they're black or white or whatever, just because they're Christians. Yeah. And that is something that we need to know as South African Christians so that we can support them. And that is our work at Open Doors. We try our best with partners all over the world to support those Christians who are persecuted. Even with Corona, a lot of them were taken out of the queues where they were queuing for food mm-hmm. because they're Christian. Mm-hmm. They did not get medical attention because they're Christian. Then we as Open Doors South Africa, in collaboration with Open Doors International and our partners there, would then make sure that these people get medical attention. They get Bibles written in their own languages. A lot of South Africans I know give um, to our Bible ministry. Another way also that they can take part on Persecution Sunday, let me categorically state that it's on June 12th. Mm-hmm. On June 12th, Sunday, June 12th, um, is this special day. And um, we have asked, there's a brother from a, persecute, a persecuted country that I will not mention, mm-hmm. um, that said to us, we are not even allowed to ring the bell. We mm. wish we could just hear the church bell. Wow. So we are asking South Africans, if there's a bell in your church, or you feel, if you can take a bell to your church on that day, to ring the bell, the church bell, from 9 o'clock, I know most churches start at 9, some start at 10. I know some of the Anglican churches told me they will ring theirs at 10 because they start at 10. Some churches start at 9. Anytime. That day we will be commemorating a Persecution Sunday from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Okay. So you can also join us on, online on mm-hmm. www.opendoors.org where, we'll, where we will have um, explanations and, and, and stories about persecution um, in English, in Afrikaans, and in, in Isizur. Hmm. There will always also be programs for children because children, um, you know, we take the children to Sunday school. We yeah. also have to tell them the truth about yes. Christianity, that it's not all beautiful and rosy. There are things that are happening there, yeah. and there are children that are also being persecuted all over the world. Hmm. So... Um, the online program also includes the children's program. What has, uh, was made so nice by uh, Billy, who is our uh, um, IT person, um, our director of, of uh, um, the online uh, um, space, he made it possible that you can log in any time of the day mm-hmm. from 9 a.m. Uh, to 9 p.m. any time when you are ready. Mm-hmm. So there's no specific time to go online. Hmm. I love this. And you were talking about ringing the, the church bells. Uh, you know, yes. I lived for 10 years, uh, just a, a road or two away from a church 
that we could hear the bells every Sunday and then also on special occasions. And you know what? Now I've moved away about eight months. I don't live by that church anymore. I miss hearing the bells. So when you were saying to me now, we can't even hear the church bells, our persecuted believers and our persecuted brethren saying we, we, we can't even ring the bells. We can't even hear the bells, you know. It is actually important. Let's ring the bells on Persecution Sunday. I would love to hear the church bells ringing, you know, and I actually miss the sound. It's something I miss a lot now that I've moved away. And it is, it was just always a reminder in the atmosphere and in the air, you know, uh, by God and about how he can move and his spirit. And I think it's so important that we are commemorating this day after we commemorate the very important day of Pentecost, which is happening, you know, yes. the, you know, and it is, it is so vitally important. So Vicky, what would your challenge be to us who are listening today as we come forward and we're thinking of the millions of Christians who are being persecuted, who also, you know, have lost loved ones for their faith as well. That's a reality. Some have, you know, died because of their faith. Many people still living, you know, and having lost loved ones. What would your challenge be to us? What would your final message be to us as we think of our persecuted family? Even though we are here, we are free and we enjoy that freedom. There's something more that we need to remember. We at Open Doors always say that our brothers and sisters um, in persecuted countries are standing strong because most of the time, even those, those who have partners that have been killed because they are Christians, they have children who have been burned alive mm. and they were sitting in churches that were burned out. They always say they still stand. So I want you to stand up on June 12th, stand in solidarity with them, go to your church. If you're a pastor that's listening, please make it part of your sermon that Sunday and mm. Uh, speak about it. If um, you are sitting around a table with your family members, I spoke to all my cousins who I know are pastors mm. uh, and my uh, um, my extended family who are pastors, who are running churches, leaders of churches, that they create awareness because the most important mm. thing is to create awareness that these things are happening, yeah. that Christians are being killed and persecuted every day for their, for, for their faith. Mm. Vicky, I want to say thank you so much for that because I know family members as well who are pastors and I want them to share this message. I want them to get involved. I want them to talk about this. This is important. We need to be talking about it. Yes, we want people, you know, when they come to church, a lot of times people want to uplift people's hearts and go, oh, you know, it's going to be okay. But we also need to talk about the realities that are facing our brethren. Who knows what, whether we might be called. One, Someone listening today yes. might be called to go to another country or maybe you call to serve in another country and you will at one time in your life face persecution. You know, just because we're sitting here today doesn't mean that we won't experience that or that it won't come to us here where we are. And so I think that it's such an important commemoration. And Vicky, I want to say thank you for telling us about this. And can you give us the website again, reminder of the date, the time and the website to log on and to log in on this very special day? Okay, the date is June 12th. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. in the evening Mm -hmm. and ring the bell from 9 o'clock to any time that's appropriate for your church. Um, And you can invite anybody from Open Doors. You can go to www.opendoors.org. There's a lot of information that's there for you. And we thank you that you 
really are supporting us. I'm thanking all our partners, um, all the main churches of Southern Africa, the church leaders. We thank you and we see you. We thank you, Anglican, Methodist, um, Baptist, um, all of you, Kerk, all the churches that are our partners in this. We thank you, Ons Bedankjela, Siabonga, Kakul. Mm, Vicky, amen. Thank you so, so much for being with me today. On that note, I want to say please to our listeners, and if you're a faith leader or a pastor, maybe even an elder, a deacon, in whatever capacity you serve, even in your community, maybe you're in a small community church, Get a get a small bell even and ring it and speak about this time. Yes. Take a time of commemoration. Even take, you know, a, a moment of silence, even a moment of prayer. Do something tangible that we can join in the spirit on this day together and lift up our family. I know, Vicky, one of the most important things that persecuted believers always say is that we feel the power of your prayers. And it is such a, a strength for for persecuted people to know that they are not alone and to know that people are praying for them. And I think it's so important. Let's do that as well. Vicky, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful to have you here with me. I'm sure I'll be having you again on the show for us to talk about this all-important time and also many, many times where we will reflect on what is happening in the world as persecution sometimes increases and as, you know, we consider that as well. So thank you so much, Vicky. Thank you very much. Let's unite in Christ. Thank you. Thank you to my amazing guests for being with me today. It's been really, really great. Two very important topics, two very important realities. And yes, like I said to Vicky, the challenge needs to be accepted this weekend, Sunday. Yes, okay, I know that we are almost there. So sometimes it becomes a bit difficult to, you know, maybe change the sermon or to do something extra when, you know, maybe you didn't know about Persecution Sunday. But like we said, there's ways that you can incorporate this remembrance for our persecuted family into your church sermon. Ring a bell, have a moment of prayer, a maybe a song, anything that can be incorporated, please do. Let's please join our hearts and our prayers together in the spirit for our persecuted brothers and sisters. And just because it doesn't happen to us doesn't mean we shouldn't care about it. And I know many of you listening today receive those newsletters, receive material maybe, and do remember our family. And we need to just keep them in mind and keep them in heart. It is so, so important. I'm grateful for people like Vicky and many, many others who are working for the betterment of the lives of those who are persecuted, even those who were persecuted for their faith during COVID-19, like we heard, couldn't get access to food, couldn't get access to medication. And I have covered that on the show actually last year, where we spoke in depth about how Christians were being persecuted for their faith and were not getting access to, you know, proper health care and all sorts of things. It's a reality. From myself, you know, I've also been considering and thinking so much about what Yamna and I spoke about at the beginning of the show, body consent and autonomy, and I cannot get behind that message enough. It is so important for us to really, really consider that our children are beautiful people, beautiful little people that God has entrusted to us. And when he entrusts those lives to us, it is up to us, like we always, always say, to do our best for our children. And that's not just giving them a great education and sending them to a great school or making sure that they have, you know, proper food. It's also what we teach them and that they can internalize. And that is the message of boundaries and the message of, you know what, 
it, it's okay for me to say no it's okay for me to you know have these boundaries in my life and especially when it comes to my body this is my body and it is you know maintained by me and I will be the one that knows that I'm going to disallow this kind of you know behavior maybe if it's kissing a granny whatever yes you know let's try and show another way maybe we we bring a flower in for granny instead you know or you know bring omar her favorite snack instead there are many many different ways and we can get creative about how we can you know help our children be safe know their boundaries know that they are safe and feel safe in the presence of adults and that way as well we will empower them to be able to come to us when they don't feel safe or when an adult has trespassed the boundaries that they have set in they will be able to come to us and say you know what you taught me about this boundary and this adult made me feel uncomfortable and that's when we will be able to safeguard our children and you know make sure that they are safe in many many different areas environments occasions and times where they are with adults so it's been great to be with you today i pray that god will richly bless you and keep you and make his incredible beautiful face to shine upon you and i pray that he will bless you and your family with great shalom until next week take care This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.